Do what? Why is that in your head? The weirdest songs are always in your head. It's mainly just the circus song. Lately, it's been Joe. That bitch, Carol Bass. <laughs> <laughs> that has nothing to do with the saints going marching in. So, I mean, you never know. You know, things parallel all the time. They're supposed to be dropping a new episode around the time this episode comes out. But you know what? It'll be their eighth episode. And what are we at? This, ladies and gentlemen, is episode one hundred. Oh my god! Of the mistakes were made. Podcast didn't end up brought making... to you by the Nightmare Box. <laughs> didn't end up making a cake, but you know, quarantine um, life. Oh shit! I was gonna get some shot glasses out. We could do a shot of Jameson. Yeah, I'm good. Can we do it near the end? You can. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm good. <laughs> Welcome to the Nightmare Box. <laughs> this is Mistakes Were Made, Episode 100. My name's Brett Bloom. I'm sitting across from the beautiful, the effervescent, my new fiance. Kristen Pennington. <laughs> have we talked about the rings yet? Did we have no, them yet? No, the, the rings were supposed to be here uh, right after the last episode. So go for it. And oh, they my. did indeed come. Mine from all the way in Ukraine. Oh my God. <laughs> Brett's came from Georgia. And guess what? We have them now. And I'm wearing it. <laughs> you like fidgeting with it when you're anxious. <laughs> it gives me something to do. I'm anxious all the time. And like, I, I've no, I'm not a fidget spinner person. I don't like... I chew my nails is what I do. So this is like a fun alternative. <laughs> I just spin my ring around my finger. Slowly indent like a raw layer of flesh under it into <laughs> well, your that's skin. The, that's the nice thing. It's the inside of its antler. So it's nice and smooth and it doesn't hurt me. There you go. But yeah, I used it a lot today because I had to act. Um, and you were definitely anxious. I, I, I was not having a good time. <laughs> I walked off the set. We're going to have so many outtakes. We're going to we have more outtake footage than we have footage for the film itself. Uh, but speaking of which, guys, we're in the middle of another uh, homework assignment. Uh, all that information's up on the website, and it's on um, the episode from the beginning of this month. Last month. And yeah, the beginning of March. Uh, it's on one of those episodes where we laid out the details. Basically, we're shooting a plot twist film uh, for this go-around, and that'll be due at the end of this month, midnight. So uh, if you want to play along, you can record your film and send it to us over at the email. Uh, Nightmareboxproductions at Gmail. And, uh, I mean, at this point, if anybody sends one in, we'll play it and review it. We're just looking for people to play along. You can also, which I don't know that it says that in the stipulations on the website, you can also just submit a short story if you yeah. want to write a story. And we'll read um, it on yeah. here. Yeah. We're doing either or for this one. You don't necessarily have to film something. So if you want to do a short story, probably, I mean, I would take a screenplay, but probably if you're going to do a screenplay, I would prefer to see it shot. So Yeah, because we're not shooting your movie. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're going to do a short story, probably not in like a film format. Probably mm-hmm. just like an actual short story. But either or, if you want to write a story, you want to shoot a film, you can send it to us. We've still got a couple of weeks. Um, well... I guess when this airs, you're kind of on crunch time, but get it done. <laughs> get it out there. Uh, and if you, you didn't want to play along this time or you didn't have the time to play along this time, there will be another one at the uh, beginning of next month. Uh, May 1st, I believe, is next month. Uh, <laughs> and we'll have a new homework assignment for you two days before my birthday. Um, and, 
Brett had to rewrite this one three, three times. Three separate so times. There's no excuse for you don't have enough time because in one month Brett rewrote it three times. God damn right. But I'm, <laughs> I mean, I am a genius, uh, which is both a fault and a gift. <laughs> <laughs> so humble. Yeah. Not a good actor. Uh, so let's dive into what we did today. Um. So I think we mentioned that already. This one's kind of. A... Didn't take the nails out of the wall. I might still need them, actually. So okay. I want them to stay up there for right now. Um, so I think we mentioned that already. Ours is kind of like a faux documentary. I'm not going to yeah. like give away any like specific details because, you know, you can't know what our movie's about before our movie's out. Um, but yeah, we did the um, like main bulk of the mm-hmm. actual interview uh, yeah. part today. So Brett had to basically just sit and stare at a camera and read paragraphs of lines that he had written for himself. Recite paragraphs of lines. And I could only get through like two sentences at a time. I threw the paper across the room and was like, fuck this! We're hiring somebody to play me! Clearly didn't think about the fact that you were going to have to act all that out when you wrote it. No, I am a writer. I am not an actor. I'm not a big fan of actors. I just... (laughs) Yeah, you had like three or four pretty decent chunk paragraphs that you had to like get through in one reading it was like there was motion and then a paragraph and then a different motion and a paragraph but luckily we're using a lot of b-roll in our mini documentary type deal and i'm hoping that that patches a lot of the awkward shit but i had a blow up on set uh that (laughs) within the first five minutes yeah that we're gonna have to release because it's probably the funniest thing (laughs) Like, in, in a weird way, like, I, I lost my temper with what I was trying to say because I couldn't remember exactly what it was. And so I did this over-exaggerated, like, Jim Carrey making fun of myself and, you know, making fun of the work. And things went a lot smoother after that, <laughs> after about ten takes of us giggling through trying to get it done seriously. <laughs> but all that tension seemed to go away. It was like I defeated the stress monster. There you go. I was go. like, it's not that serious. I can do it like this. <laughs> <laughs> and I play technically two roles in this. Like, mm-hmm. I am technically the interviewer and another role. So mm-hmm. I am not really on camera any. Um, and for the interview stuff, I'm just a voice off camera the whole time. So Brett and I did uh, kind of, I guess, a table read that we recorded. Yeah. Um, which will actually be used for some of the voiceover stuff that we need. But I feel like that helped, too. Like... Just kind of sitting down and going through the script together because you seemed like way less stressed about it afterwards. Yeah. I was crazy anxious because I wrote it and then I forgot that I would have to memorize it. I was like, yeah, it's not that much. I'll be able to, you know, <laughs> read it over a few times and then say it. And then every time I went to speak, it was like I'd make it three words in. I'd be like, cunt. <laughs> you're like, no, cut. Cut, not cunt. But uh, my advice if you're going to do a documentary-esque film whether it's a real documentary or a fake documentary like what ours is um a lot of documentaries if you pay attention have the same person from a couple of different angles yeah. they'll have like you know a profile shot and like a you know straight on straight on or like kind of like angled shot or whatever so if you find you're having a similar issue where um you know some of the lines aren't quite flowing it's nice to have those two angles to mm-hmm. cut between because if there's like a weird jump cut in the middle where you had to like cut out some of the audio you can patch it by just switching to the other camera angle and it's not like as obvious that there was anything like that 
like went wrong. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I would definitely recommend shooting at least two angles because it makes it a lot easier to cut in between things without it being obvious yeah. that you cut in between things. And you did something interesting uh, today that I didn't think of, which was we've got a wide shot from the right so that the only thing behind me is the window and the wall. And uh, Kristen looked at it, couldn't figure out quite what was wrong, and then got up and like grabbed a painting that I had done when we were in Tennessee of Michael Myers and hung it on the wall behind me to kind of accent the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of, like, what's the importance of that? Because it's really not a thing that somebody would naturally focus on. You know, you're not normally looking at the mm-hmm. backdrop. And in my head, until you did it, I thought that that would be something of a distraction. Does it just kind of avoid like a flat? It gives the room more depth normally. Um, if there's objects like... You would think it would do the opposite. You think it would clutter the shot. Yeah, and and you can definitely go overboard. There are definitely ridiculously patterned backdrops yeah. that people try to use that it's like, oh, God. <laughs> 1970s zigzag wallpaper. <laughs> yeah, and like if you notice, um, like in a lot of documentaries, like they'll be in, you know, kind of a big wide open room or whatever, yeah. and sometimes there'll literally just be a side table for whatever reason next to them with a plant or something mm-hmm. random like that, or... You know, like, just one little picture on the wall or, like, a desk in the background somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, it gives the room a little more depth as long as you're not too overbearing with it. So, um, I, I do recommend uh, kind of playing with the depth of field so that the background's a little less in focus. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, for the most part, in the interview stuff, shooting on a 50 millimeter, um, which does have a very small like range of depth yeah. that you're playing with you kept most cutting of the time. my head to pieces while we were trying to figure out the focus <laughs> yeah and it's a it's a very tied in um lens too it's it's i'm on a cropped sensor camera so it's a little more tied in on my camera but it, it's i guess maybe uh more of a close-up to mid-shot type lens mm-hmm. like it's not a lens that you're using for wide shots at all so uh, me being on a crop sensor camera definitely makes it a little harder. But it, it's a film that has a really nice, like, uh, bokeh effect. Bokeh effect? Yeah. <laughs> dropping words on me. I'm learning stuff. Go for it. What's a bokeh effect? So um, whenever the background is kind of hazy and out of focus, um, that's usually the term that they use for it. So with a 50 millimeter, you can do that. Like I, Like, you have to be careful to make sure mm-hmm. that you're... Focus is on point, because if you miss the focus, then your subject is a little hazy, too. Yeah, but you can more so, or less blow out the background and, like, pull that person, which also gives, like, a depth effect. Yeah. So, um... And the, you know what happens when you switch between those two perspectives? What? It's called a rack focus. It is! I'm proud of you. And I had to do that when you sat back in the couch, because for the close-up shots, it was literally just the very top of Brett's shoulders to the top of his head, yeah. and, like... All he did, he didn't move his body at all. He was sitting, his butt was in the same spot. He went from leaning forward to leaning back on the couch. And I was like, ah, right focus. <laughs> like, you're now out of focus. <laughs> Brett's breaking the production. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you do have to be careful with it. Because if your subject shifts around and stuff like that, it, it will fuck up with the focus of your shot. But um, you can create a really nice effect where... The background is kind of softer and like the stuff that you've added, whether it's like a bookshelf or a table or a painting or whatever, is just kind of a texture in the background so the room doesn't look so plain. Hmm. So, yeah, and 
I didn't have the whole picture in the shot either. You basically just see. Um, so it's the not a full-blown distraction. Yeah, yeah it's you like just see just the bottom a little portion. splash of color in the yeah. background. So yeah, I I do recommend for sure paying attention to your set dressing when you're shooting because uh, <laughs> add it to the IMDb <laughs> because it, it definitely um, can elevate your shot. And mm-hmm. like we had to throw up some curtains, which is what Brett was talking about. The nails still being yeah. on the wall. We had to steal our curtains from the bedroom and put those up. Because... That's all, all my, my notes for the show was <laughs> that we completely improvised the backdrop because we kept blowing out the mm-hmm. lens. We got, you know, blackout curtains in the bedroom. So we had to add a part of the script where Kristen, the documentarian in the film, is actually setting up the set. Like hanging curtains, yeah. Hanging cause... curtains and stuff for the intro. Because we shot some stuff before we put the curtains up. <laughs> and then it was like, oh, we got to justify the change because otherwise it looks like Brett's just sitting in outer space. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Everybody else? I have a super girly, golden-y, sequin-y backdrop that I could have hung up behind That would have been, been hilarious. Awesome. <laughs> just this really <laughs> girly We should do backdrop. my over-exaggerated version of the script against that glittery backdrop and see, you know, they shoot two films and drop them both on the same day. I have, uh, I have to reshoot all of it, but I have a little, or I have to reshoot all the stuff of me. I have a little uh, video essay about cinematography and I did, um, like, uh, some shots of just Mm -hmm. me talking to the camera or whatever for part of it. And, um, I didn't have lights at the time, so I was literally just relying on the sunlight and... I unfortunately waited too late in the day and the sun set on me while I was still yeah. shooting it so you can see the light changing. So I'm going to have to go back and redo all of it because by the end it's so dark you can't see. But uh, I have a, a sequin backdrop and then these like really pretty like hanging like almost oh, wow. Christmas lights. Yeah. So it had like all these like really pretty hanging sparkly Christmas lights behind it. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm going to put behind next time. Just a glittery backdrop with Christmas lights behind it. I'll just look like a stripper being interviewed in the back <laughs> yeah. room. Yeah. <laughs> that's the move. Yeah. So I broke up with Tony and I got with Brad. And Brad makes me work here and suck dick on my lunch break. <laughs> it's my yep. stripper character. It's going to be the, the next film. <laughs> I'm gonna play the drag queen. I am down. I think I got it too for uh, stuff we were doing for Ziggy, but we never got around to shooting. I yeah. think that was part of the reason I bought it because it was like ooh for the <laughs> the club sequence or whatever, but we didn't end up shooting it. But what we did end up with is Kristen saying the greatest thing in the world. Oh, God. Uh, we were trying to figure out if we were able to use natural light versus artificial light. So before we get into that, uh, Kristen tells me, as I'm setting up the artificial light, that light is a pain in the bitch. <laughs> and I died. <laughs> to be fair. It's a pain in the bitch. And I was like, what? <laughs> We started filming pretty much immediately after breakfast. (laughs) My brain wasn't awake yet, and I was trying to focus on setting stuff up. Your cup of coffee had been sacrificed for the end table set design. (laughs) Basically. Lack of coffee, belly full of burrito. (laughs) I stand uh, by it. 
But the lighting seemed close enough to the naked eye. Uh, what was the reason for the choice in um, using the artificial light versus the natural light in the room? Because well, it was pretty bright because it's like cloudy as shit outside mm-hmm. in Montana and snowy recently. So the problem with the natural light is our couch is up against the windows. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I was shooting towards the couch, which yeah. is shooting towards the windows. So the light, instead of being on you, is blowing straight into the lens. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was why we had to put up the curtains, because it looked like everything behind Brett was just completely blown out. And like you weren't particularly evenly lit either. So as soon as I threw the curtains up, we lost pretty much all of the natural light that we yeah. had. So. Which we thought initially the idea was going to be that we could purposely blow it out and then have like a silhouetted type character. Um, and that didn't quite work. So we had to go with uh, the, the lights. Yeah. It's Jack's distracting you. A little bit. <laughs> Jack's <laughs> chewing on his phone right behind me. Yeah, um, which I don't, I don't know. Maybe if we had had Jack's more time to fuck with it we pretty much set up and like immediately started shooting if i had had like a little more time to mess around with it i might have could have figured it out but i just i don't know i I feel like i would have had to have purposely lit you that way i think what i was trying to aim for before jax's bone in my head just became like a (laughs) i felt like an earthquake was going on uh was we've used like sheets and stuff like that uh to soften the light so that we get the same effect without blowing it out completely Mm -hmm. and i figured that the closed blinds would have given it that same softening effect is it just the fabric helps kind of dim everything you know what i'm kind of getting at well what i was saying a second ago is it's the problem uh, for my camera, because like with cell phones, because we did like a little sample of it on cell phones, you can... Yeah, I do a lot of that. Kristen's like, what does this mean? And then I just take a picture and I'm like, that's <laughs> what I'm trying to do. I don't know how it's done without drawing pictures. Yeah, so with cell phones, it's uh, all auto settings. So you can yeah. literally, if part of the picture is too bright or too dark or whatever, you can tap on that the part subject, of the picture. Yeah. yeah, and the camera will readjust the exposure automatically on its own to kind of put the light where you want the light, you mm-hmm. know? So, um, with my camera, you know, I don't use auto settings, obviously, because yeah. that's, that's a bad thing. <laughs> um, so Why is I, it a bad thing? Because uh, your camera, if it's in auto, is making the choices for you. So if It's like we, driving an automatic transmission versus a manual. Yeah. It's so, like, I know I need to be in third to get up that hill, but the car doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, so if... Uh, I had you set to autofocus or, you know, just full-blown auto settings. Like, as you were moving around, my camera would be shifting the exposure and the focus and stuff on its own. So you would literally, in each shot, see the lighting changing or seeing, you know, the focus shifting if you were shifting. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's not good for filmmaking, especially. Like, maybe if you were, like, a sports photographer and, like, trying to get, like, really fast images and you didn't really have time to do manual stuff, then maybe. But, um... Yeah, with video, you don't ever want to be shooting in auto anything. Like, you need to learn how to use your camera and do it all in manual. Because, As it's happening. Yeah, because if uh, you're the one in control of it, you get to make the decisions about how the shot looks and, like, the creative decisions and stuff like mm-hmm. that versus auto. Your camera doesn't have a literal brain. It's just doing yeah. the best it can to keep up. So, um, 
yeah, you can definitely ruin your shots in yeah. auto mode. And don't write with predictive text because you're not going <laughs> to fucking get anywhere. Yeah. Uh, if I was sitting here thinking of like a writing metaphor I could use, it would be like, yeah, it would be like writing with predictive text, getting halfway through your sentence, going, the computer knows what the fuck I'm talking about. And then you get to the end and you're like, I didn't want to say That's... anything about Columbine. <laughs> That's my literal <laughs> texting problem is uh, I have uh, autocorrect on my yeah. phone, so... I just assume the phone knows what I'm talking about and you constantly get texts from me that are like, what? That's not a real sentence, Kristen. Because I, I am notoriously bad at, about not going back and reading them and I just send them. So similar thing. Yeah, yeah. My, my phone doesn't know what I'm actually saying. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, you want to shoot in manual for sure, period, no matter what. And I, like I said, maybe if I had had more time to fuck with it, probably could have figured it out. It was probably more of a lighting issue than my camera, but, um... Well, it's, it's something to look into in the future, is how does the camera do that so that we know how we can get the same shot yeah. if we need that same shot. But the problem with the, the windows is the light was shining into my camera, which mm-hmm. is never what you want, because um, it... That's where I thought the curtains would have helped. Well, it yeah. softened it, but and it looked fine after we softened it, but then the problem is there's no more light on you anymore, which is why we had to set up the lights, because mm-hmm. we, we killed all the light that was behind yeah, you. Yeah, we threw a blackout curtain up. Yeah, <laughs> so that was why we put the lights up, which I have, bicolor lights, so I can choose if I want it to be um, daylight or like more of a tungsten color, mm-hmm. so it still looked like daylight by the time we were done. <laughs> I was fine with it. And those lights were a pain in the bitch. <laughs> I like my lights. I like them too, but trying like to trying one... to open them is a bastard. Yeah, you tried to use a knife. I was like, "What are you doing? I, there's I, a screen I don't, under I have there." Fingernails. I, I was just going to use the side of the blade to help me out. No, there's a screen under there that you're going to ruin. <laughs> what I don't like though is when Max pees on my shirt. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Because uh, he peed on. Max is, our, yeah, Max is our 23-year-old roommate. <laughs> Max is a cat. Uh, he didn't pee on my light case, thankfully. I might have thrown him out the door if he had peed on my light case. <laughs> he peed on my light stands and my tripod. And that's all we could smell Yeah. while we were recording. And yeah, because I was standing right next to the camera, so I was just like, oh, God, it smells like cat pee. Because they were in like little cloth cases, so they had just been sitting in these pea-soaked cloth cases, and so now they smell like pee. So, not is this what day. success feels like? Uh, I've been listening to those Wondery episodes <laughs> about Psycho and about Jaws, and now I'm under the one about The Exorcist and the brilliant podcasts. Go listen to them. But I don't adversity. remember any time in Jaws, Spielberg going, my tripod smells like cat piss. Well, he threw up and I didn't. <laughs> so, so, point one for me. <laughs> Coming for you, Spielberg. <laughs> I hear your daughter's doing some strange shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she got arrested in Nashville. Oh, I did not know that. Yep. For what? Uh, she wants to be a porn star. I can't remember if it was in sex worker related. Yeah. Why in Nashville? It's a good mm. question. But she's mm. got some dodgy things to say about her stepdad. <laughs> I would not do it in Nashville, honey. Pick a pack of better city. <laughs> Pick a pack of... Pickled peppers? Pickled peppers, yeah. <laughs> it's a pain in the bitch. Yeah, yeah, she got arrested for some shit in Nashville, like, right before the tornado. And it's like, man, you picked the worst possible time. And then the pandemic came. Yeah. It's just the whole world's falling now, apart. Now she's stuck there. Yeah. She can't even go be a porn star. 
you don't want to be shooting porn in Nashville. That's for damn sure. Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, I've never been to any of them, but I know the strip clubs in Nashville are a little... But anyway, the uh, Wondery <laughs> series were brilliant, and at uh, no point was Alfred Hitchcock like, my camera smells like cat urine. Well, <laughs> he had his own adversities to overcome, this I'm is, sure. Yeah, no, so. this is guerrilla video. This is what we're doing. Guerrilla podcasting, guerrilla video. We're lucky that they happen at all. We drive mean. ourselves, and we've driven ourselves, Chris and Pennington, for 100 fucking episodes. Fuck yeah. I do need a backup camera, though, so you don't have to repeat all of your paragraphs twice. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been nice to have had two cameras Get just running. Get two angles so that it's the Could've same. Because the more comfortable I got, the less likely we are to use the earlier shit. But I could have had twice the footage of you storming off. <laughs> that would have <laughs> Two angles, angles of me going, what the fuck is going on? You literally threw the script and you're like, I'm taking a break. <laughs> find me in my trailer. Your bedroom? Yes. Fucking find me. Where I have hidden all the animals too. Yeah. <laughs> Your no, trailer is full What of I animals. really appreciated about you today is yeah, I did get nervous. I did get freaked out. It tends to happen quite a bit. It's like 90% of my personality is feeling overwhelmed. And so when I find a new task that I'm not good with, I I lose my temper. Uh, I can't do math, so Kristen helps me anytime math arises in this life. But um I got so fucking frustrated with the acting uh, that I couldn't remember anything. I write things. I don't remember things. It's not my job description. Um, that I, I threw the paper away and I, I went outside and I angrily smoked a cigarette and watched birds and watched all of our neighbors congregate and violate their fucking six-foot rule. <laughs> and talk too loud about, you know, the diarrhea their daughter had that morning, whatever mm. it was. Well, that's sexy. Yeah. Well, I was sitting outside and I was trying to calm myself down. And then I came back inside and you were just sitting on the couch and you were like, sit down. Let's table read this into the microphone. We'll get all the audio. So if we need to patch any audio, we're good to go. Got plenty of B-roll and you, you calm me down. And we read through it two or three times. I still fucked up just reading it off the page. I was so fucking <laughs> frustrated. But... um. No, I, I really appreciated that today. Yeah. And I think it was a professional director move to go, uh, dear actor person, uh, I know you're dumb. Oh, I didn't say that. Sit here on the couch. We'll read this together. We'll get all the damage control we need. Oh, that isn't, no. <laughs> that uh, isn't no. where my head was at, but no, thank I, you. Yeah. No, I thought it was a really pro move. Be, you could have got mad and like turned off the camera and cut off the lights and said, fuck this, took your toys and walked away from the room. Um, but maybe it's just because you're my fiance and you love me. Aww. You you calmed me down quite a bit, and everything was a lot smoother after that. It was so, really funny after that. Like, we were both laughing anytime we well, messed I, something up. I, I wanted to do it well, because it's your film. Like, I don't want to fuck it up, and we can't afford to hire an actor, and we've had zero. Well, we can't anyway. Work. We're on quarantine. Yeah, we're on quarantine. <laughs> so I can't even go find actors, but... Um, I thought that was a super professional move. Well, I, thank you. And I love you. Yeah, I love you. There's what? your there's your mush and your pat on the back <laughs> to get back to work. <laughs> thank you. Mm-hmm. No, I, I I think it usually works out really well in our favor anyway. 
No, it doesn't. Is uh, we tried to use your lav mic, and oh, then yeah. I forgot you still had your headphones on, and I just started snatching that yeah. shit off my shirt. I, was I like, blew so out loud. your ear. <laughs> That's your hearing aid, your, your <laughs> <laughs> uh, But no, it usually works out in our favor anyway, I feel like, especially with the types of films that we do, because most of the characters are, like, kind of on a short fuse, and, uh... I'm, I'm on a short fuse. <laughs> when you get irritated, it's like, oh, this is genuine, let's do this, come on. <laughs> let's get it going. So Brett turn the li- camera on. Brett lives his life at an 11, let's see if we can kick him to a 15 and then just turn that shit on. Oh, and it all looks... It's like dealing with Brando, if you will, you know, <laughs> working with me. <laughs> it took me a couple of tries to get the shot to look the way that I wanted it to look, but it all looked really good, too, so I think it's going to well, come together. Well, I was surprised, because how far your camera was away from the couch, I was like, this is going to be far too away. Like, I, I, I wanted it to be really close. And when I saw the footage, I was like, oh, no, she nailed it. She's just got this crazy-ass camera, which means the camera needs to be 10 foot away to look like it's two inches off yeah, your cheek. Yeah, I was, uh, like I said, shooting on a 50 millimeter on a crop sensor camera. Yeah. So I was actually like, I need to be further away because I keep cutting your head <laughs> off. And, like, I was backed up against I the I thought TV. it was going to be like this crazy wide shot, like the one that happens at the end of Happy Birthday, which isn't a crazy wide shot it gets the whole thing but mm-hmm. the, the the shot where i'm on the couch and you can still see the tv i thought it was going to be like that far out and then when i watched it on your camera i was like oh i should have just trusted her to <laughs> do what it is the uh i don't know if you saw the way the wider shot looked i still shot the quote-unquote wide shot on my 50 but i just moved the camera like off to the side and further away mm-hmm. and you could see like mid waist up, so you could see quite a bit more of you. And see other my, shot. my quarantine drinking. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> so there are two nice like. Reach the point in my life as a man where when I suck my stomach in, I only suck in the bottom part because <laughs> the swollen liver part of me oh. is still. Like... <laughs> oh. <I'm joking. laughs> I don't know. If that's a good thing. <laughs> Just like, dear God, please. I've got kind of in shape for 50 body. <laughs> 28. <laughs> oh, oh, and the wait, did we, did you make a note about the. Uh, Kristen putting the fucking things up and it was just nothing but, well, that's your butt right there. And then you're oh, like, no. you still had your PJs on and you turned and you walked toward the camera and it was just like left titty. That's all. <laughs> it's, no. it's just aggressively coming at the camera. Shut up. <laughs> no, I'm going to cut that out. You're so mean Don't to me. Don't cut it out. Just send it to me. You're so mean to me. <laughs> Shut up. Um, no, the, the issue that was your wardrobe (laughs) and Kristen goes uh we need we know you're like what should I wear I was like not black not black because the black's gonna absorb the light which I don't even know what that means so you can explain that here in a minute but you, you go not black so it doesn't absorb the light not white so you don't blend into the white and I laughed because the only white shirts I own are in my button up shirt collection that I is still wrapped up in vacuum bags um because it gets touched maybe once every three years but uh you have some white t-shirts I've got like white tank tops I don't have oh. I've the only white t-shirt I have is one of my pajama ones. The one's got the big P-O-W-M-I-A. Mm. I don't wear white. Uh, but she goes, yeah, something not white because we don't want it to, you know, 
blend in, not, something not black so it doesn't absorb. And I was like, well, Delb, you need to come take a look at my closet. Because you were like, no dark blues, no dark reds. And I was like, uh, I didn't say dark reds. I said no dark blues or blacks. No dark blues, no blacks, no whites. <laughs> Can you cut out the part where I said no blacks? I don't think that's going to work. Um, but anyway, I open up the closet and she just stares at it. And then as if she's forgotten that that was her mission, just walked out into the living room and continued setting up stuff in the living room. And I walked out in a tank top. She goes, are you ready? And I was like, are you going to tell me what the fuck to wear? Because I'm equally as confused. All I own are black, gray, dark blue, and red. Hey, what's the red shirt you have on right now is a softer red. It's a it's a t-shirt. <laughs> oh, a t-shirt's fine. No, it was perfect for today's weather. <laughs> if we go to reshoot this and it's snowing. <laughs> ah, well. You'll just freeze. Just You'll be, be there right. in my red t-shirt. But yeah, no, we had a severe wardrobe malfunction. Why can't I wear black or white? Because I was going to use my, my, I've got this, uh, not necessarily a turtleneck, but pretty close. And it zips all the way up through the front. And I was going to use that because it looks more mechanical. And that plays off something you guys will see when the film comes out. Uh, and I had that one hanging up. And I was like, that's the shirt. I think, though, with something that's going to come into play later, it's going to be a lot easier to not have long sleeves on. I think that would have been a problem. Facts. Um, but, no, so black... Like, whites and, like, yellows, like, lighter colors. What is it absorbs? Like, I heard that about the color black in terms of heat, but I've never heard it in terms of light. Yeah, it absorbs light, too. So, um, like, whites and yellows and neons and brighter colors like that in general, when light hits them, it bounces off and goes, you know, in a different Mm -hmm. direction. So You almost get, like, a glare. Well, it wouldn't be a glare, per se, but, like, you would look flatter, in comparison, because the light is and just bouncing off my, of you. And my good chick for 50. <laughs> body. <laughs> like, the light's just kind of bouncing off of you, yeah. you know, in whatever direction. So there's not as much depth to it unless you're kind of careful about the way you light it. So it's not that you can't ever wear white or you can't ever wear black. It's just for being someone who's not, um, you know... I've said before, lighting's not really my forte. Like, I'm learning as we're going, but it's definitely not one of my strong suits by any means. So for someone who is still kind of, like, trying to figure out the right balance for lighting, I would just rather avoid the issue. Mm -hmm. And then with black, um, black actually just absorbs the light. It doesn't, like, bounce it back. So, um, again, you would have just looked very flat, and, like, the black would have almost all, like, where you're sitting right now, I can see, like, the creases in your shirt where it's, like, you know, folding around Mm -hmm. you and stuff. So, like, I can see, like, the individual texture to your shirt. That's my belly. (laughs) I mean, like, (laughs) shut up. You know what I mean. Like, around your chest and stuff. (laughs) You're being a dick. Um, And, like, the black, like, the, like, individual wrinkles in your shirt and even, like, where the sleeve cuts from the body of the shirt, like, it wouldn't be as obvious. It would almost look like you were just kind of a black blob. So, it's one of those... American blob. (laughs) 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 <laughs> why are you such a jerk to me I love it when you call me being <laughs> no so like it's just um, harder to light it like mm-hmm. and make it look textured and interesting versus just kind of flat so it, it's just a, a color if possible I prefer to avoid you can't do stripes either because stripes cause an effect called moray 
Learning two shit. What, <laughs> what was the other one? Bubba and More? Is it? Boca. Boca. <laughs> Bubba. <laughs> Bubba. Bubba. Boca. Bubba Del More. That's my. <laughs> no, sharps are actually. My, my, my new writing pseudonym <laughs> for my Bubba backwoods Moray. country erotica novels. I'm going to start Moray. writing. <laughs> Um, Bubba Del More. <laughs> no, Boca. Uh, and stripes are actually the worst sin of them all. So um, The More effect. Yeah, so like big, thick, bold stripes aren't yeah. really much of an issue. It's the tight, thin stripes together. Like a pinstripe. Yeah. yeah, so it's called More, and what it looks like on the camera, even if you're sitting still, like if you're not physically moving, it looks like the stripes in your shirt are rippling. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, it's this weird effect where it looks like your shirt's alive. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, avoid tight, thin stripes because it will fuck with your camera because the camera... That's interesting. Yeah, the camera doesn't register it as well. So it looks like the stripes in your shirt are just kind of like rippling like waves. I I, I think I've seen it in films and you do kind of get that queasy feeling Mm -hmm. with it. So yeah, uh, avoid stripes. (laughs) I have every time we've ever done a casting call for like any of our stuff, like when we did yeah. the dolls or Ziggy or whatever, I was like, do not wear stripes. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, whatever you do, Avoid do not it. wear stripes. We are not shooting a Stanley Kubrick movie. <laughs> we are not trying to do this. So I want to say, and, and no, I'm not going to say it because I have no, no evidence to back it up. What? I was going to accuse the Jack Torrance character played by Jack Nicholson in The Shining of wearing at one point a striped thing. And I think that was a Kubrick move, but I, 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 now that I've said it out loud, I'm not 100% <laughs> sure that that's even kind of accurate. Is there only vertical stripes? Could you do horizontals? I think vertical tends to be worse, but I think just it's honestly tight, thin stripes in general. The camera, for whatever reason, doesn't read the separation and the color as well, huh. I guess. I'm not really sure what causes it, but yeah, it's like a... And if you have a... A red dragon, like a more expensive camera, maybe it's less of a problem. I'm not sure if it's specifically with lower end cameras that like have the worst problem with that. But um, I do know for sure it is pretty standard knowledge, even on bigger budget sets that I've worked on. Like whenever I used to like act and stuff still, they would tell you that like don't wear striped clothing to set. So even more expensive cameras, I don't know about the huge multi-million dollar <laughs> movies, but even more expensive cameras, it's a weird rippling effect that it causes. So, yeah, it's a, it's a no-no. You know what else causes a weird rippling effect? I'm afraid of what the answer is. <laughs> Chasing your motherfucking dreams. Because we're coming up on 40 minutes here and we've got chicken parmesan to make and I'm, I'm feeling my beers. <laughs> You've only and had two. Oh, wait, no, you've had, had more. Four. <laughs> um... You've only had two on the show. I know, but that's been the past 40 minutes, so (laughs) I don't fuck around. Um, This is episode 100, Kristen Pennington. It is. We've been doing this for over a year now. And I wanted to talk about that with uh, you and the audience. Because I remember running this idea by you um, on the back of your car outside of the fancy diner slash ghetto ass log <laughs> and going, I think this is the way out is we start a production company and we start a show. And we 
occasionally review bad horror movies. We try to build a collective. We failed to build a collective. We are not good at <laughs> social media reaching out to anybody. Uh, we, we're, social distancing only, is my norm. Yeah, we've only recently felt comfortable behind the microphones having the kind of conversations that we have in private. I don't private. know that I like you being comfortable, though. You keep talking about my boobs. <laughs> I'll stop. No, I won't. Uh, <laughs> I'm not talking about your boobs. I'm, I'm giving them, you know, like name drops. <laughs> I'll name them. No. Name him Bubba Dome. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Bubba DeMadre. <laughs> Whatever the fuck. More. More. Um, but no, we birthed this idea over a year ago. We've dropped a hundred episodes. What advice would you give us if you ran into us outside of that fancy diner? And you were like, hey, what are you guys doing? And then you were like, ah, we're entertaining Brett's weird idea. Stoned in the parking lot of the ghetto-ass laundromat. Um, We'll see where it goes. Because we've had some awkward episodes. We've had some great episodes. We had uh, five or six or ten that you guys will never hear because the mic cut out. We kept talking for half an hour. (laughs) We tried two microphones and it only got picked up on one. We had a weird um, month where we had these sound isolating things. So we had to lean forward on our kitchen table and talk into our microphone. We got the arm and there was a whole bunch of learning that we needed the tiny tablecloths because if I did this, you get that ringing. Uh, Springs. So what would you have told you? Because we've we've learned a lot. It's mistakes were made. You guys have been there through the mistakes. We're still trying to make it perfect. There's still a lot of mistakes. I still drink too much on these things. I should probably <laughs> stop doing that and show up with more than four lines of notes. But we've done this a hundred times. And my computer still decides that it wants to cut out. We've done this a hundred times. What do you think so far? I think if I was going to give advice, because I'm in a couple of podcasting groups too, so you see those people kind of asking the same questions over and over again. Some writing groups. bad, and somebody yeah. says, what is bad right? Yeah. Question mark. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, like, I see people in these podcasting groups, like, constantly asking about, like, how to build your audience or... Um, what topics should I talk about or like these really weird generic things that I I feel like are strange things to ask other people for advice for. Like I feel like if you're going to start a podcast, you know, ideally in a perfect world, you're going to build an audience and eventually generate an income. But realistically, it's not a career for most people. You're one in a hundred of thousand. Yeah. It's not a career for most people. It's more of a, a little extra income on the side at best. And, um, I think if you're up front when you're first starting a podcast wondering how you're going to get thousands of subscribers or needing other people to tell you what you're going to talk about or like worried about marketing and stuff like that, that your head probably isn't in the best place. Like I feel like when we first started, we were very much like talking to the microphone, like we were talking to an audience that didn't exist yet. 
And um, I feel like as we've gone on, we've kind of become more of like a discussion with Ignore each other. Ignore the microphone. Yeah, like the microphone can... almost sits off to the left, and as long as we can maintain eye contact, it's a better episode. Yeah, and like it's a conversation between each other about things that we care about and what we've learned, and mm-hmm. you know, kind of where we've grown and stuff like that. And it feels more organic and like flows better and like I feel like that's honestly in my opinion what brings an audience like when you're actually having a good time and talking about a thing that you care about and it's sincere like people appreciate that so instead of focusing on like numbers and because we obsessed over our numbers for a long time we were like we got five dudes one of them's (laughs) in Australia how the fuck did we do this it's like oh we probably stumbled across it you know, drunk at three o'clock in the morning. Chances are he's not subscribing. <laughs> yeah, so I think if you're gonna do we're it, like one thousand, one thousand and one. <laughs> I think if you're gonna do it, though, it has to be a show that you enjoy producing. What's a part of our routine? Yeah, the numbers are secondary. When we look at the numbers, which is maybe like once a month, that's why we don't Twitter storm. But this is something that we do twice a week. That is a focused conversation it's just us there's no phone you know we sometimes have topics sometimes we just get wasted (laughs) but we've both like i feel like grown and learned a lot especially like in our professions because it's forced us to kind of be like oh like i need to learn something new to bring something to the table so I i think it should be a passion project if you're gonna do it yeah. You know, so I guess that would be my advice is like stop worrying about the marketing or the specifics or like people are like, oh, like, what should I, you know, do to have my studio be a certain way? And it's like Brett and I are still recording on a little round table that's actually our kitchen table <laughs> and it's currently in the middle of our living room. Which is a one bedroom apartment. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I, I, I mean, you can definitely make improvements and you should take it seriously and try to improve and try to learn and try to grow incrementally yeah like adding the arm made a huge difference in the quality because there wasn't this constant banging every time we accidentally touched the table so i mean there are like and i stopped drinking two king cobras an episode (laughs) i appreciate that (laughs) so there i mean there are like business decisions you can make that are smart (laughs) and that are going to help the quality i love that everything that we've done in our life has led to me going me not banging back two 40-ounce bottles was a business decision. <laughs> no, I was talking about the arm, not your 40s. Like adding the arm, I feel like, was one of the biggest improvements we made. But uh, like I don't think the business end should be the first focus, I guess. It's a Bukowski poem that I like to read and listen to. Where it's like, if you're in it for the money, don't do it. If mm-hmm. it doesn't cause a fire in your belly, like if you're not compelled to the point of death, fuck off. You know, it can't be about that because there's no money in it. It's one of the huge takeaways that I had from the Wondery series on um, Psycho was that Robert Block, the guy who wrote the novel that I have, you know, right over there, it's in the short film that we're making right now, um, made $9,000. That's a... Sold it to Hemingway for $9,000. Psycho. <laughs> Which made Hitchcock a millionaire. You can't do it for the cash. The, the, the people that are going to pay you aren't interested in the process. They're interested in the product. 
And to do this, you have to be processed obsessed, not just the podcast type thing, but the filmmaking and the writing. You have to be obsessed with what goes into it, enough to hate the final product so that you go back into the process. You have to dive into this hell a thousand times, a hundred times, to like start to understand what's going on. I didn't think that we were any good at this until we got to Montana. Like, so we were like in our 70s, you know, not age episode. Like <laughs> you look good for 70. 60, 70. I'd look damn good for 50. Um, <laughs> but um, we, we were uh, god awful for the first at least 25. Yeah, it, for it, sure. We were both like panicking through the first 45 minutes. We'd hit it for 10 minutes and then we'd spend five minutes closing out. Now we panic for the first 10 minutes and then the next <laughs> hour is great. You know? <laughs> Unless there's a pandemic and Kristen's crying five minutes yeah, before or, we're recording. Yeah, or we lived an earthquake or the dog is still chewing a bone <laughs> so I haven't beaten him to death with that fucking thing. But... No, uh, we keep diving into the process, and I think that that's such an important part. Do you feel like it's helped you grow outside of the podcast? I've learned so much about filmmaking. I've learned so much about writing because we have to come up with roughly two hours a week of conversation, and we don't have a teacher going, hand me in an essay, you know? Tell me about Bubba Del Made. Moray. Moray. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched a lot more movies, too, that I probably would not have watched yeah. otherwise. Yeah, and, and all of the movies that we've reviewed on here are two stars. It's tongue-in-cheek. And that's what it was at the very beginning. That was the idea. It's based on the first time we watched Zombievers. And I looked at you and I was like, they did it. We just watched Zombievers. So, all you have to do, yeah, (laughs) all you have to do is write something and film something better than Zombievers. I feel like I already. And we will base (laughs) our entire relationship around that. (laughs) <laughs> you've kicked the shit out of Zombievers twice already in one and a half, or two and a half films. You've blown them out the fucking water. They just need to land, you know? Like They need to be seen. We need to figure out... We probably out need to market them more. <laughs> we, we should definitely figure out how to do the social media stuff. But you're only going to get better from here, you know? I'm only going to get better from here, and it's... We watched Zombievers and then built this on a yellow notepad, just like the one that's on the table. It's in that fucking box. We can go back. We can look at notes for, like, episode one that never launched. Oh, God. Which was basically just me whiskey drunk and you. (laughs) Not the one that released, but the original... There was 25-minute fucking before we one. just started screaming at each other because we couldn't get the mics to work because it kept cutting out every two seconds. There was an early one, too, where we were cooking dinner and the timer went off and I had to get up and go... I can't remember what the dinner was, but I had to get up and go do something when the timer went off and you tried to record by yourself and then you were like, fuck this! <laughs> <laughs> oh, all the, the dead files of the podcast. Oh, uh, yeah, a bunch. <laughs> 
we're going to do a deep dive at one point into Rob Zombie's um, House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, and Three from Hell. And we got in a fight on the unreleased podcast where I was like, how did you not do all the research on these three movies? <laughs> so how do I have, hadn't even watched how do I have four pages of notes and you have two sentences? <laughs> We hadn't watched one of the movies in like a year, though. Yeah. I was like, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. You remembered House of a Thousand, you remembered Three from Hell, but you'd forgotten the middle point, my favorite film, The Rejects. We hadn't seen it in like a year. I know, but <laughs> I was like, and this is clown business. And you were like, what? And I was like, that's <laughs> the moment. That's the, 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 the you know. It, it'll be, it, it's something we'll do in the future. But we've learned to tackle uh, projects that are in our. You know, like you know what I mean? Like, I we tackle things that are one step above what we know we can do. Mm-hmm. Kristen knows how to be the person holding the camera on the other side of the door, and I know how to break stuff. Neither one of us knew how to chainsaw down the door. We knew that Kristen is the kind of person who can act and I can spill blood. We didn't know how to complete the shot for happy birthday. I know how to be pissed off 90% of the time, don't know how to act. Kristen knows how to help people calm down on the set. And so this documentary film that we're making is one step outside of our comfort zone. And I think that's kind of how you have to do it. The podcast had all these different ways that it could have kind of run, Mm -hmm. but we try to push it one step further. We recently changed our whole model for the two stars, where it was less about shitting on how terrible these things are, and more to looking what unique artistic decisions were made in these films that ultimately failed. Like, Mm -hmm. where's the gem in all of this horseshit? (laughs) And if we had complaints, what we would do to rectify those complaints versus just, that was stupid. We're still changing. I don't need to just shit on the fact that, oh, the actors are terrible. It's like, what good does that do the actors if the actors stumble across our show, you know? There should be a... This was a directorial fault because they didn't do what you did today, you know, or it was a fault of color, you know, Sometimes a fault it's just of, the writing is not good and the writing could have saved it. The writing is terrible because it was written and directed by the same guy and he didn't have anybody helping him in the writing room, you know, there are ways to look at these films and a way to look at like, our lives where we should constantly be moving one step beyond our comfort zone. So We're going to have to do that again in this one. Cause, uh, I thought you were asking me to repeat my little motivational speech and I was like, I can't do that. that no, no. We're going to have to move beyond our comfort zone again in this one besides yeah. the fact that you hate acting because... Uh, Brett really likes to play with blood, and I have new and interesting ways I have to figure out how to make that work. <laughs> mm-hmm. So there will be another you special effects. You have to effects. find out a way to make blood appear in a non-frequently like, used way. Yeah. So here's to that challenge, uh, either next week or the week after. <laughs> <laughs>
We got to find a place that you can scream the word no without getting the cops called on us. But thankfully you bought a giant thing of chocolate syrup, so we have plenty of that. Oh, I thought you were going to say we could just drink the chocolate syrup. <laughs> no. You'd get wound up and you'd scream the word no in a no. new and interesting way. No, for the, the blood you bought an insanely large thing of chocolate, so yeah. we're all... Throughout the coronavirus, just making blood. That's my game plan. Um, you bitches are buying toilet paper. We're buying stock and uh, <laughs> corn syrup. Exactly. Making our little gorilla films, as always, and uh, recording these things twice a week. And I'm so happy that we're still doing this. I'm so happy that the idea stuck. I am beyond proud of you um, as we go into our third movie this one can't go into production hell because we made a promise to the audience and thus the audience is driving us ever forward um so i guess it's dear diary we love you guys and uh i love you sweetheart i love you and uh are we doing plugs do we got plugs we do have plugs what kind of plugs Social media plugs. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so you can find us on Twitter at NightmareBoxPro or on Instagram at NightmareBoxProductions, Facebook.com slash NightmareBoxProductions. Uh, the website is the nightmarebox.blog. <laughs> Brett's book is still not on the website, but uh, Dolls and Happy I am birthday. at war with PayPal is what's going <laughs> on. I don't know how to tell them that it's me. They were like, well, we sent you... Two small amounts of pennies back in 2015. Why don't you know what those amounts were? And I was like, fuckhead, just send them to me again. I'll send you pennies. You send them back to me in a fucking unreasonable amount. <laughs> but you can find... PayPal thinks I'm not me, despite the fact that I've been me for years. <laughs> but you can find Brett's book, The Madman Diaries, on Barnes Amazon, and Noble, Barnes Amazon. and Noble. Yeah. The cheapest way is probably eBay, or you can send us an email at nightmareboxproductions at gmail. And we'll come up with a way for you to send me ten dollars. I'll email it to you, not email it to you. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll sign it and I'll send it to you, even if it costs me, you know, twelve, fifteen dollars. I'll send it to you if you send me ten. I'll take the hit to get it to you because I, you know. I've got to clear this shelf. And uh, it's a new kind of Madman Diaries because beer got spilt on them and they crack when you open them. So they're, <laughs> they're, these are the ones you want signed. <laughs> these are Brett Bloom apartment Madman Diaries novels. You want these ones. I'll even write, you know, this is the alcoholic version on the page. <laughs> Call it good. They're not ruined, you know, texture-wise. They're just, the spines are a little more sensitive. So. <laughs> Is that it? I think so, yeah. Ready to go drunkenly make one of the most romantic meals we've ever had, and I'm going to get... I'm still sober. <laughs> so, yes. Right, cool. <laughs> That'll be awesome. <laughs> I love you, sweetie. I love you. Mrs. Bloom. <laughs> Kabloom, as uh, your Instagram now says. Yeah, it changed my, my username, so if you're having a harder time finding me, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> and I love you guys. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. With a new two 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 star 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 two 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 day 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 <laughs> episode one oh one.